Hello, I'm Elisepi. Today, my second podcast, Indigenous, is about the notion of two spirit. My very special guest is a very inspirational, gorgeous human being. I've had the chance to hang even roommate with him on a tour bus. He is bigger than life, but also has his very simple, quiet, soft side that I love. Two worlds in one. Performer, composer, activist, musicologist, Polaris and Juno Award winner. Classical influences reference for the traditional songs of his home. Member of the Tobik First Nation in New Brunswick. Did music studies in Halifax and worked in archives at the Canadian Museum of History transcribing Wollostock songs from 1907 wax cylinders songs he's never heard before because musical tradition on the east coast was suppressed by the canadian government's indian act then he heard ancestral voices singing forgotten songs i'm meeting today with my favorite two-spirit jeremy dutcher Hi Jeremy. I'm very happy you invited me to your home. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, and you're in your little balcony. It's not too hot, so we're we're about pretty much happy. We can talk and uh, not be too distracted because you know Montreal weather uh, can be very humid and very yucky, but. We're we're feeling good today, right? I'm just right? coming to know this. Uh, it's my yeah. first summer in Montreal, mm-hmm. so I'm, uh, I'm I'm, you know, it's a, it's been a peculiar one because of everything that's that's happened. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sinking into this this beautiful space in a really nice way, and to be at the foot of this mountain that yeah. has, you know, uh, meant a lot for Indigenous people yes. for a really long time. Yeah. You know, it's like a powerful energy to mm-hmm. be around. I really I really do think so. So. So yeah, let's get straight to it Uh, fascinating and still very much abstract for many people Um, two spirit is the two in the lgbtqia2 plus (laughs) lesbian gay bisexual trans queer intersex asexual Two-Spirit. The notion Two-Spirit was created in 1990 and adopted by the community at third annual intertribal Native American First Nations Gay and Lesbian American Conference held in Winnipeg. Um, So, yeah. So what's your definition of Two-Spirit? Oh, my God. I love that question. And thank Mm. you for that beautiful context, because I think that's so important when having this conversation around... uh, to spirit and and also um, teaching teaching you know our allies and people that might not be part of the the alphabet community all of our all of our, uh, all of our brothers and sisters and everything in between under the queer umbrella yeah um, I think you know the more that we s- start to break down that um, that um, the mystery of all that those letters for people and and put stories and faces and 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 things to these um conversations i think is really uh, exciting and important and i think you know the context that you cited around the history of the word two-spirit too yeah. i think is really critical as well too because understanding yeah. that um you know that 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 term two-spirit 
uh, is is something very coming out of a very specific cultural context, you yeah. know, and uh, it, it it has a lot of um, different implications based on uh, what nation we're talking about, based on what peoples we're talking about, mm. and so I, I you know I'm. Uh, I, I had a chance to work with these people that, that were at that conference and created that wow. term. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's really intended as a placeholder, you know, until um, we see these terms come back in our languages, until we have a, a specifically cultural context of how we can talk about these in-between people, these magic people, these um, ones that carry... Um, those balanced energies, you know, and are able to, um, you know, what I think is beautiful about this moment is now because we have this term in English um, that has sort of become an umbrella term for that intersection of identity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, we can now speak to each other in a common way, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I've been, I've had a beautiful... You've had ch- to make it clear and like... It's a distinct it experience, a, yeah, you know? Yeah. To be both indigenous and queer mm-hmm. is a very distinct experience, yeah. you know? Like, it's how about like third gender and fourth gender that mm-hmm. what what will be like there's masculine men feminine women there's feminine men masculine women like i i always say i'm discovering that i have a very i'm a very masculine woman mm. you know at times you know mm. and and so i think there's many things that you kind of have to recognize and yeah. not be afraid afraid of that yeah. you know it's not even beyond because i think third and fourth gender what we call third gender or fourth gender is not even about the sexuality part of it it's mm-hmm. about gender you know like right. how do you so right see i that? think this like um it really when we start to dig in a little deeper mm-hmm. around what we might call two-spirit identities we're what we're really interrogating is gender itself yeah right and, and yeah. the expression of, of what that can look like mm-hmm. and what that has looked like on this continent for a very long time yeah so i think um And, and, and two, you know, that's going to be incredibly um, culturally specific, right? And so, you know, some systems were, you know, had that three-gender system. Some had four or five. Yeah. Others had, you know, I, I read one that had eight, you yeah. know? And it's like um, how we looked at it was a little more, um, how it's been explained to me is like um, those, like Madelwalin, these, uh, these, these middle people, mm-hmm. they balanced But everybody has, like, everybody lives on that spectrum of a universe of uh, between the, the the masculine and the feminine, you yeah. know? And, um, well, sorry, I don't want to erase non-binary experience, but this is just how it was explained to me from a, mm-hmm. from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. was that, like, uh, we are all called to be in more balance, you know? And it's a journey yeah. through our lives to, to learn the lessons of the other way. And, you know, so... Uh, One example from a linguistic standpoint that I like to use is um, our word for grandfather is very, very close to our word for heart. Ah. Because the grandfather, to become truly like, um, you know, uh, to live into that role, must learn the wisdom of the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, must soften himself. Like the grandmother, to yeah. become more like the grandmother. I yeah, guess, become know. like the stone and like mm. the moon, you know. Mm. Um, It's yeah, it's those it's those swirling journeys. And so yeah, I guess for me, like I don't know, Medellin, when I look at it from a linguistic standpoint, it's had an interesting journey. So like when you go today and you look up uh the that word in the dictionary it will say witch. 
Okay. Mm. Um, but when you go into our actual like stories and our texts, mm -hmm. it's a very common term to yeah. talk about um, people who were magic okay, or yeah. like were had um, people with spiritual power. Yeah. You know, like but for where I'm from is that's the people who became the shaman, mm -hmm. the yeah, shaman. And yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's like a very similar um, kind of thing. And, and so when I think we can re um, refocus what we talk about when we think about like queer or LGBT or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it's like um, our longhouses didn't have closets, you know, they were, we were coming out into anything. These mm -hmm. were roles and, um, things that were honored among yeah. our people yeah. and so we need to return there's mm -hmm. there's a there's a, a re-remembrance that needs to happen yeah. so I think, is, is yeah, there a way to describe bisexuality among indigenous communities or is there a spiritual dimension to the term two spirit because it just sounds so beautiful like mm -hmm. two spirit <laughs> i want to be a two spirit right and it's, and, like and, it's and we fall into this place uh, and and you, we have to watch that too cuz like yeah. even like uh, people that are, are indigenous are, yeah. are saying like oh that's so beautiful what a what a nice way to talk about it yeah. and yeah it is a really nice way to talk about it yeah. i totally agree yeah. and um, there's many other culturally specific ways that many cultures talk about gender let's look into that yeah. you know yeah. um, but yeah, the way that you can put on somebody else's, uh, you know, costume, uh, they can do that with language, too. And they mm. are doing it with language all the time. And yeah. so um, I think this is a term that um, comes from a very, very specific cultural context. And, yeah. and we need to honor that and protect yeah. that because it's like these identities are so often at like um, the, the meeting place of two discriminations. Right. Yeah. You know, of, yeah. of racism and homophobia and transphobia. Right. And so. Um, you know, I think for us to come together and, and, uh, reframe, I guess, what we talk about when we talk about, uh, gender and sexuality, like yeah. it's kind of all swirling together and spirituality, it's mm -hmm. all in there too, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all, um, for, for us, like those aren't separate entities. Those are all in the mix of it. But it's an ancient notion. I mean, we know that us we know that mm -hmm. right it's there's it's like it it came from a way of life so long ago but it's kind of been pushed on the side you right. know and now it's like coming back through two spirit and i think it's it was bound to anyway yeah. it had to mm -hmm. right you can only you can only hold it back for so long yeah. and i think like um the ways that, uh, I mean, the church has, has lost uh, influence over society more generally, but that also happened in indigenous communities too, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, the church was the voice, you yeah. know, of authority in the community yeah. and was really an extension of, the, of, of government power. Yeah. Um, and this was used to shape... Um, people's this is why it's called witch now in our dinner in wow. in our language right yeah. when when before it was just somebody who uh, was magic or a shaman mm -hmm. or somebody who had those spiritual powers and so you see the ways of, of, of uh, that language gets shaped yeah and identities get pushed to the margins of course but yeah. you know there's there's you know I've gotten a chance in going around and uh, touring and getting to meet lots of different two-spirit people in lots of communities uh, you know meeting a two-spirit elder 
oh. was one of the <gasps> most wow. like powerful experiences oh, of my life. Goodness, and yeah. somebody who was raised by their grandmother oh, in yeah. Ojibwe territory, mm. uh, somebody who was raised by their grandmother in that way, wow. who recognized that from a very young age yeah. and knew that. And they told the most powerful story, this, uh, this elder, their name is Mani Chakabe. Mm. And, uh, and Mani told this story that, that uh, their grandmother had told them and uh, it was saying like in the old days. So this is, you think about that, like how far that story is going back. That's already three generations, wow. you know? In those old days, when the, the travelers would go around and they would go from community to community, um, they would say, do you have a two-spirit person here? When they got to a village, they would ask, that would be one of their first questions. And if, that, if the, they said no, then that person would keep moving. Because they said, you're like, it's not, um, there's no balance here. This, this community has not been blessed enough oh. with those middle people. Okay. And so they would keep moving. The, the, they're looking for the magic. Yeah, the, exactly, oh, you know? And so uh, that's. Would they say two spirit then? Or I guess, it was another term? Well, she described probably. it as, uh, you know, that, that term two spirit is coming out of, um, it came from the languages. Yeah. So it's coming from, uh, I believe, Something Ojibwe, that's already existing. Uh, yeah. Which was Nij Ojijak. Yeah. Uh, which is that like quite what literal two spirit? Oh, okay. So tell me a little bit more about your experience as mm. a young, young uh, two spirit. Like, how was your experience yeah. with your family, your community? That's, uh, yeah, I, I think about that sometimes. You know, when I when I went to Toronto and started doing that work uh, with those uh, two spirit community there, mm. um, realizing that the family support that I got really made the difference. You know, because like um, there was a lot of kids like caught up in the system that didn't have that support. Yeah. And it was so hard for them. Um, you know, I was the I'm the youngest of, of, of four brothers mm. and um, they're all like at least as big as me, you know. So oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt they like were your protector. I, I had a little bit of a protection oh. in that way, you know, um, because they knew beautiful. they knew. Yeah, I came out yeah. to I came out quite young, like mm. uh, again, like again. Like two spirit came later to me in life as an understanding. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think a lot of those traditional knowledges have been lost. Yeah. And I think especially on the East Coast, because, you know, we bore the brunt of the colonization, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it, it we lost a lot yeah. of those like really old understandings of, mm -hmm. ge of gender and sexuality. And yeah. so, you know, which have been replaced by these more like uh, Judeo-Christian understandings of like having to come out and it being like a, a big thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I did come out just as gay, just because that's really the only language that I yeah. had access to at that time, you yeah. know? Because there wasn't really a lot of people out or open in my life, you know? I didn't mm. really have a, a model for what that could be because a lot of our, a lot of those identities have gone underground yeah. and people just weren't as open to talk about it. Mm. And so... Um, I'm encouraged, you know, because now I see a lot more openness to, um, you know, those conversations and people living openly now yeah. in the community and it not being a, kind of a taboo yeah. situation. Yeah. And I think that's that's we're getting back. We're unlearning, I guess, you know, a lot of these lessons that were that were put on top of us for like hundreds of years you know and it's like no wonder we lost so much you mm. know it's like when when i think about the relationship even the difference between you know we think about like indigenous uh, experiences sometimes when we talk about that it feels monolithic but you know when you think about um, the differences of experience between my people on the east coast 
and you know like the the people on the west coast like maybe the west Sowetan or yeah. in Haida Gwaii you know yeah. it's like when they, like white people hadn't even gotten there before they started building reserves in our territory mm. and forcing us onto plots of land yeah. they they like the coast was untouched yeah and so they had at least 200 years of, of, of cultural survival yeah. and the ability to keep going and keep sharing un, unencumbered, you know? Yeah. Because what I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of Canadians miss is that up until 1951, a lot of our, our, our ceremonies, our songs, our, our ways of gathering were uh, criminalized, yeah. you know, uh, under punishment of, 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 of jail time. And so I think... Powwows. Yeah, the, all that stuff. The, the potlatch, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff, you know? So it's like, um, in that context, it's amazing that we have what we have. How 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 many people in your community like? Yeah, so it's like um, four hundred on reserve wow, and okay. uh, four hundred off reserve. Yeah, and we're the biggest. So there's seven different um, reserve communities. Okay, all up and down the Wolostok River. Okay, and uh, yeah, so those ours is the biggest, mm. and it's like kind of like. Ugh. Might get in trouble here. <laughs> it's like where the culture lives, you know. Oh, it's like yeah. where like yeah. a lot of it's where the, the language, language is spoken is the most. It's yeah. like where the songs like there's a lot of amazing singers that come mm. out of there. Um, which is not to throw shade on any other Wolosto no, community, but just but to say just that like, like that's that. the yeah, it's the spot, it's like that, you yeah. know. And it's kind of like centrally located in the territory, yeah. and it's like it was a gathering place for a really long time. Mm, so, um, yeah, there's um, you know what I think is really kind of funny was that. This whole reserve system is created to, I mean, when you think about the intention of it, it was these communities weren't created like for people to feel comfortable there or to stay no, there. Exactly. They were created to um, hold them there until they got so uncomfortable that they would leave and come to the city and assimilate and yeah. then voila we have no indian yeah. problem anymore yeah. that makes you start ask questions about like okay well then what was the system how what was it designed for mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't designed for our flourishment no you know it was designed oh, no. <laughs> you know oh, it's no, like it once you start to ask those questions of the of the institutions and the the power structures that got us to the place that we are that's even, the kind of conversation that I want to be having. Yeah, you know? and even it's like now, <laughs> it's still not designed for us to be happy and, mm. and, and you know, like out there and being loud or being, you know, like... Right, and it's, uh, and it, it's also placed us in this situation of um, infighting mm. and fighting against each other because yeah. now we have these competing systems of governance now yeah. too. I don't, I don't know, actually know how, uh, how it worked up, up, up north, but, mm -hmm. but for us it was very much like we have the the like hereditary mm -hmm. or like the mm -hmm. uh, the clan chiefs yeah and we then, had that too. and then there's this whole oh, other no, system that's imposed of like okay yeah. well now there's a, a chief and council and they, and they work are accountable the to government the government or related to somehow to yeah well let's be honest like yeah. who's paying the bill at the end yeah. of the day it's the canadian government yeah. and so this is essentially an extension of that um, colonial force within our communities and so now we have these competing interests and so it becomes like um the snake that eats its own tail. Yeah, you know? that's the thing. And it's in the design of it. So l tell me a little bit about your thoughts on how the spirit world is very part of who we are. You know, like, I love yeah. that. Like even my kids, I have three kids. And when they were, just before they were born, even if I knew uh, I was told by the doctor that's a little girl, until they are not outside my outside of me, mm -hmm. I was like, they could still switch. Because right. it's such an old... Um, 
vision that Inuit knew. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you never know. The spirit <laughs> just might, or grandpapa might just yep. decide he wants to be with you. So he might just turn mm-hmm. your girl into a boy. Mm-hmm. So this role of feminine, masculine in the world where there's like non-binary people, mm-hmm. like I respect that so much. But at the same time, I'm like, we are surrounded by the female and the male, mm. like the animals, even the nature, like, mm. and I'm really, I, I love that. Yeah, there is, like, a, there is such a beautiful duality to, to what we see around us. And mm. yet when we get trapped in a binary, we lose really the, the scope of what this all is, which mm-hmm. is diversity itself. Yeah. The universe experiencing itself in many different ways. Yeah. And so um, if, if you were to meet an elder from my home, yeah. they would be very mesmerized or v- very intrigued by, and they would be like, oh, they would be like, this is so ancient. That's probably mm. what I think they would say about mm. the fact that you are, like you have this very beautiful, gracious, uh, <laughs> feminine side, <laughs> but yet you're so strong and there's this very strong, I could tell you could like, you could go hunt for me and <laughs> it'd be no problem, you know? You know it's like carrying both. Uh-huh. And and also like, uh, when like Mitterte, when I met her, she was an elder uh, scholar even, you mm. know? And I'm na- I named my, uh, my boy uh, Nalak after this elder, mm. this man, uh, Nalak. So Nalak and Mitterte, were uh, uh, arranged marriage mm. because Mitterte, she was tiny little woman, like she was very small, mm-hmm. but very strong, knowledgeable because she was raised uh, with the roles of a man to go hunting and survive mm. because they had no uh, boy around to help uh, wow. with, the, with the family. So she learned the skills of what a man, like the hunter, <laughs> is supposed to do. So they made sure that she married Nalak, who had more feminine uh, uh, features, or f- not features, but more like very calm, very soft, and didn't know as much about hunting than Mitterte. They were like, they're going to be the perfect, uh, they're going to go well together. They grow towards each other. Yeah. So I was told, even later on, when someone find out from that community that my my Nalak was named after, my my baby was uh, named after Nalak, he said, oh, Nalak was so sweet. He was even my... um, Sanayik. Sanayik, it means the one who cut your umbilical cord and mm. used to be more the woman role who would do that to when the woman was giving birth and she became the maker. The woman became the maker. So, Jeremy, tell me more about where, you know, are you making new music? What are your next projects, maybe? Uh, tell me a little bit. Yeah, so uh, to be honest, I've um, been taking this time to like... Um, create music for sure but also kind of decentralize that role in my life you mm. know try to um honor all the diverse sense of interests that i have you yeah. know so so um you know my first project was really tied into the archives and going in and digging out those um those old songs um from the early 1900s but also within that collection were stories too and so for me i'm really interested in in retrieving those stories and bringing them and giving them back to the people you know putting them in books and resources for our young kids who want to learn our language Mm. and um 
because when we come in a, into a closer relationship with that language, we're also coming into a closer relationship with our worldview and our ideas, yes. right? Yes. And so I, I look often, you know, and we're particularly here talking about two-spirit identity or, or gender or how we would say in our specific cultural context, Madawalin or Madawalnok. Um, this is right up and down through our literature and our stories, mm. you know, this, this, we talk about magic and we talk about these, these people that are changing ones yeah. that change, um, and can do it. Um, you know, sometimes that's between gender or sometimes that's form in an animal or sometimes that is, yeah, you yeah. know? And so I think, um, and what our elders are saying right now is for a long time, that way has been asleep. Like Madelwin way has been, has been sleeping mm. and, uh, they're saying right now we're seeing it wake up yeah and that kind of magic energy and that kind of um uh queer power yeah. i think is is um going to change things and oh, how we tell our stories yeah. and how we um you know we didn't have no one was outside the circle in a traditional way you yeah. know yeah. we just didn't have the luxury like exactly. we didn't have the luxury of like no. kicking anyone out you no, know <laughs> which sounds crass but yeah um you know what i'm saying it's like um it was some form of power that every, was also part yeah. of the community or everyone's yeah. gifts were at the table <laughs> mm -hmm. and and for a long time uh, we haven't been listening to everybody's gifts yeah we've been listening to very specific people's gifts yeah and i think the more that we can um open that and expand that yeah. um, that's what I want to do and I think stories and literature are a really powerful way to do that mm. um, you want to read a little bit I of would be a, honored I to know, yeah just a little one there's this little passage that um, that I'll read specifically it talks about um, Bokta Inchquess and Bokta Inchquess is um, um, uh, like a is, is a Medawulin. It's one of these middle people. Mm -hmm. But it's also the, the sibling of uh, Gluskap. And Gluskap is like, um, it's our um, sort of like, m it's our myth, mythical man of, uh, you know, whatever. He, um, um, he's a very important character in our, in our stories. Anyway, mm -hmm. has a two-spirit sibling. Yeah. So, and this is something that often gets scrubbed out of our, our, our stories. But yeah. I think it's, when you look into like the old language stories, it's very easy to see that this is a, a powerful spiritual person. And yeah. this passage particularly is talking about um, this one day when um, they were changing from, uh, from a woman into a man um, to play a little trick on somebody because they're a trickster too mm. anyway so I'll, uh, I'll I'll read from here wood bumok samag one me taxo mwinno bakta inchquest madawolin bumokasko apid gizzi skida bewalasso dan ade lita hardig genug olu yutl giziko skida bewalasso eduji majagijid Muskawitamo, Sagamo. Beach at Pidhadaman, than Tlaxik Saman. Naga, Nagam, we wat one. Tully, Tabsu wagon. Netapso. My pleasure to share Yay. that. No clapping, no clapping. Yeah. We don't want claps. <laughs> oh. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much. Nakomik. Um, this was very beautiful. It feels so good. Mm. Hopefully, people are going to listen and be like, okay, there's a whole world out there that We're I... We're going to confuse the shit out of them. <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be good, you know? It's yeah. because it's like... Um, mm. 
you know, coming from like Wollostok, you know, people don't really didn't know us. Like mm. it wasn't like we weren't the yeah. Inuit, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like we didn't have mm. name recognition. Yeah. So or the Mohawk. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like I feel like uh, a lot of my work was like shocking people because mm. they were like, oh, fuck, I don't what? know so much. You know, mm. it's like I didn't even know they were existing. <laughs> you know? Crazy. They have Indians on the East Coast. What? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like um, and so it's like uh, I love this. I think um, the more we can do this mm. is. is Cause it's a, this sounds fucking cocky, I guess, but like it's a, it's an honor for them to let us for for us to let them in mm -hmm, on our world, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And there was always the offer. The offer yeah. was always there for 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 us to be in a relationship of of mutually um, respectful and beneficial knowledge exchange. Yeah. Of course. And that was always the offer. Yeah. And, and, and we went a very different direction of mm. domination and of power and control. Mm. And we're still playing out that story right now. Yeah. Um, and yet, I think in this moment, especially, we're called in that other direction. We're called another way. Jeremy Dutcher. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this beautiful, beautiful episode. Um, Indigenous with Elisapi and Jeremy Dutcher and hopefully you'll stay with us next episode.